Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Scott. What's up, nerds? Hey. Been a while since we had you on, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, just been kind of hanging out, really. I know you were talking about you're playing Mountain Blade and Kenshi again. We gotta, we gotta get you like on the Kenshi development team. I think. Yeah, you know, um, I'll I'll market. I'll just like tweet for them. Although they're probably funnier than I am. <laughs> um, I mean, if I knew how to develop games, I'd happily help. But uh, I don't, unfortunately. I know you're a big fan of this. Uh, what have, have you been watching? Anything good lately? Uh, no. Well, so I'm new to Hulu, so I've actually been just kind Ooh. of binging some, some random stuff. Like I watched all of Scrubs already. Uh, right now, I'm watching Smallville. So I'm not up to date with anything new, really. You're like stuck at 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm stuck in the early 2000s, which, you know what? Looking back was a pretty good place to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Right. I wouldn't mind going back there actually right now. All right. Let's start off with our question. Uh, we have this one is from a poll done by Mike Yabara, who's the head of Blizzard. But he says, what is the ideal length for a single player game? They had a poll. They had seven over 7000 votes. Oh my God, over 22,000 votes. Last I checked with 7,000 votes, it's gone up. Uh, what would you say? Those are the, di the different categories of awards are 0 to 20, 20 to 30, 40 to 50, or 50 or over hours. How many hours would you say is a perfect single player campaign? Uh, you know, like that's hard, right? Like there's, there's a lot of variants that can go into this. Um, mm -hmm. But most of the time, I'm like, give me as many hours as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, so so give me an Elder Scrolls game where you can just sink, I mean, hundreds of hours on the same save, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you can have if you avoid, you know, if you're not going for something open world necessarily, um, something a little more linear story driven, I think 20 to 30 hours is fine. Uh, but it's I, I much prefer the the more, the better. Yeah, and I think with Blizzard fans following this guy, I think that maybe the heavier hours have kind of an advantage in this vote. But nevertheless, 20 to 30 had had the overwhelming win with 42% of the votes out of 22,000 people. Uh, next up was the 40 to 50, which I think is a really good amount of time if you're a completionist. Like, I think if, I think if you're just going campaign, 20 to 30 is good, then add another 10 if I want to go back and, like, do everything. And then uh, the other two are pretty much tied. The 50-plus hours, you're right. If I'm getting at that Skyrim that I just want to get lost in that world for the next couple months. Like, don't get me wrong. Satisfactory. Matter of fact, this current save I'm on right now has over like 300 hours or something like that. It's a monster save. But, you know, I also have story missions that are not going to take forever on the side. So it was an interesting question. And, and from somebody who's actually developing games, it was like, I wonder what they're working on right now that they're asking that question. You know, I mean, it, it just really all depends, you know, like uh, your typical story driven fps yeah you you know like a, or like, like a dead space or something yeah you can get away with like 20 30 hours of just quality storytelling mm -hmm. um you know but if you're gonna go open world quality open world you know uh not necessarily the collectibles equals content open world but the there's just so much to see so much to do so much to experience i mean as long as that keeps coming i'll keep playing yeah, that that's the old way of thinking too. Those old like Super Nintendo era RPGs were like hours. <laughs> you could just get lost in those things forever. 
pixelated glory. All right, let's get into our news. We're going to start with some quickies here. We have King of the Hill. They're starting their voice acting work this week. That's according to Steven Root, which is a fantastic actor, by the way. Uh, he plays Bill. Uh, but one of the things he mentioned is the show's going to be doing a 15-year jump. Uh, just what's your opinion on a 15-year jump to King of the Hill? What do you think about that? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like a, a King of the Hill super fan or anything. You know, just disclaimer. You got the tattoos, um, but that's it, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I've I've caught episodes of King of the Hill here and there, and I've always enjoyed them. I think it'll be interesting to see, yeah, where everybody kind of ends up. Unfortunately, it's probably going to reach out to a very specific demographic of people who watched King of the Hill. You know, maybe we were on, you know, you were only a few years older than Bobby, you know, yeah. when when this show came out. And so now it's like. Well, shit, you know, Hank's like my dad. Where's my dad at? Where's Hank at? You know, where's what's Bobby doing? And how does that compare to what I've done in the 15 years, you know, since I started watching this show? Bobby will be 28 years old, by the way. Okay, yeah. So he's well, he's a little younger than we are, but (laughs) (laughs) but still, yeah, he should have some of his shit together at this point. (laughs) I'm concerned that like younger people, you know, who weren't interested, you know, haven't seen it, the original probably won't be interested in the new one mm-hmm. and you know it may not grab them like it grabbed us but we'll see you know it, it we never know how it'll turn out hopefully they give it a shot it's a great story and uh really a good slice of texas in all the right ways i think in my opinion uh, we had a new dune 2 trailer have you ch- had a chance to watch that by the way you know i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you i oh, tried no. <laughs> i tried to watch dune with with my girlfriend and yeah uh, we were both super bored. It feels like something you would be super into. It does. I mean, I've I've seen like the older series that came out in like, I don't know, the 80s or the 90s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Twin fine. I don't know. I think it just kind of starts out really slow. There's just a whole lot of talking involved that doesn't seem to really go anywhere. I almost, I honestly feel like the Dune movie is made for people who have read the books. You haven't read the books. That's what it is. I don't feel like it's really meant for people who have no idea what's going on. I think that's fair. I think you should read the books because the amount of freaking books you read, dude, is unreal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a series I, I'll probably get into one of these days. Oh, man, don't make me send it to you because I think I think you would dig it. I typically go for the fantasy. I'm a big fantasy yeah. guy and I'm I'm big on like almost like historical fiction but I like it set in like the medieval area era or the Roman yeah. era, you know, like before guns, once guns come out, I get bored. So sci-fi, I just kind of dabble in every once in a while. This is very fantasy feeling though. In a sci-fi world, they kind of create this whole, like it's like middle Eastern uh, fantasy almost in a lot of the ways they, they represent things. It's definitely worth checking out the book, at least the audiobook. I ended up doing the audiobook, and it was wonderful. Oh yeah, I'm an old man. I only buy paper books. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh <laughs> audiobooks, I get distracted. I don't know what's going on. I'm not paying attention to what's being told to me. It's you know, I know I need a book that I can sit down and just focus on. He walks down to the library with his library card and like that. Oh my god. Um, you, you are so uh, 2005. Books for free, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh we have a, a casting rumor that is from the uh, pretty good sources. And it's kind of going with the Adam Driver one we had from last week, but Margot Robbie was offered the role for Sue Storm. 
Uh, Margot Robbie obviously hitting it really big right now with Harley Quinn. Uh, do you think she would be a good addition to the MCU? It's nothing against Margot Robbie. Um, it's just can Fantastic Four be done and not suck? Yeah. <laughs> good question. <laughs> Margot Robbie may came somehow came out the other side of of Suicide Squad. You know the first Suicide Squad, which didn't do great. Yeah, didn't get great reviews. Survivors. Um, yeah, and she can't, you know, yeah, her and, uh, what's his name? John Cena, right? Pe- Peacemaker. Is it Peacemaker wasn't in the first one. It, yeah, John oh, Cena. Yeah, it wasn't see, even in the first one, yeah. You know, like. It was only Captain Boomerang, of all people. <laughs> yeah, so, like, there were, and there flag. were actors that came out of it, actors and actress, better for it, but overall, the movie was not great. And we've seen Fantastic Four done twice already, and I feel like the second one it got worse. You know, the first one was kind of early in the superhero craze, you know, beyond Batman, right? We've always had plenty of Batman and Superman movies, but going into, you know, you could kind of feel the dabbling in let's, let's do superhero movies. Let's make an MCU kind of thing. And, you know, Fantastic Four came out and it was all right. You know, we all had fun with it, but it never went anywhere. Yeah. And then, and then they rebooted it and it was just bad. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. I'd like to see Margot Rob- Robbie uh, do well, and I'd like to see a Fantastic Four franchise do well. I just don't know if both of those things can happen. Fingers crossed, man. I'm rooting for them. They're, they're one of Marvel's first, so I'm rooting for them. All right, let's go ahead and get to our, some of our bigger stories. The one that's been dominating the entertainment world, of course, is the fact that WGA, the Writers Guild of America, both East and West Coast versions, have gone on strike this week. Do you remember the last WGA strike? I think that was uh, once again around the time I wasn't really watching TV, but yeah, I mean, I sort of remember we've had a strike before. Yeah. Yeah. 2007, 2008 era. Uh, it shut down and, and this one too, it shut down all TV production essentially, except for like reality TV shows and sports. Uh, that was when we had like uh, all these reality shows pop up and all these crazy game shows pop up. Uh, I remember one of them specifically was, do you think you could be a pirate? And it was like this whole pirate-themed reality TV show. People were just trying to fill time. We're in that phase now. So the last one lasted for 100 days. This one, hopefully not as long. I uh, hear the three things the writers are concerned about, and they're trying to negotiate with the, uh, with the producers. They want to make sure to avoid a gig economy. They're currently in a gig economy due to streaming, where instead of 22 episodes per season, there's only 8 or 10. So they could write that much faster, of course. And then all of a sudden, they're just like quickly needing their next job when usually they would be sticking with their project for months and it was employment for months at a time. The next thing is that they want to find a way to gain residuals off of streaming. They usually, a writer would get a little bit of money, very little, but a little bit of money every time a rerun was aired. Now they don't get that every time a show is streamed. That's just not how that works anymore. They're trying to find a way around that. And lastly, and maybe the most important here, is they want to avoid being replaced by AI. One of the things that they're concerned about, not so much ChatGPT, but as the next technology coming up, they know that it's just going to get better. And now is the time to address it. What are some of the things that the producers can kind of get closer to the, the writer's demands and shut this thing down? What, do you, what are your thoughts here? You know, my first thought is, well, then you, you contract a writer to a company and not yep. necessarily a show. You just hire writers and assign them shows. You know, yeah, that's kind um, of how they actually used to do it back in the day. It was that way. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, I, I write for, you know, Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just write Netflix originals, which obviously sometimes those are are very exclusive. Like they get specific creators and stuff to do specific things like with 13 reasons why and stuff. So I think that's an option. Of course they would have to protect themselves in a way that they're not like, Oh yeah, you need to write a a 10 show script and I need it next week. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I could see that, right. you get crunch time constantly. You're just on constant crunch time of trying to pump out content. One of the fixes they have for that, by the way, is, they want to put in a thing where when you hire a writer for your show, you have to employ them for like three months at a time, no matter how fast they get it done. So that way it, it forces them to not be able to crunch you. Cause it's like, look, I've got three months to get this done. You can't force me to go any faster than that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's an option too. But I mean, then again, you know, okay. Every three months you're looking for a new job. No one wants yeah. to do that. You know? It's it's hard. I get it. Uh, you know, kind of the yeah, the syndicated sitcom is dead. It's, it's going to be a hard road going forward. You know, when it comes to AI, I mean, AI is what it is. It's progress. It's technology. And, and that is always going to end up putting some people out of a job. I'm hearing a lot of pushback from the next generation. And I, I don't get me wrong. I also know that the AI needs to be in check, but I'm hearing pushback from the next generation. Like, guys, it's coming so fast. And it's like, I, I know that. But then they're kind of like, well, we got to slow it down. I'm like, I can't imagine there's a possible way for us to slow it down. Like, you're going to try to stop capitalism. Have fun with that. Like, if we like the way the best way to pitch this, like, honestly, is the fact that, like, you think China, Russia or any other country that that are that is competing with your economy right now is going to slow down because you said we're going to slow down. No way. So it's, you know, I, I think like you have to find a way to work with AI and the writers if we could figure out that medium. Because already one of the shows too, I forget which one it was, was going to, I forget which company said, we're going to have AI create rough drafts for ideas on IP. And it's like, oh man, that's real close. And they're like, oh, they will have the writers go through and edit and clean it up. It's like, you are so close to replacing that writer right there. Yeah. Which if you compare it to factory work, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it used to be, you'd have hundreds of people painstakingly working to put a car together. And then a factory comes through and says, well, I can get one person and a machine to do the same job as 10 of your people. It just becomes a cost benefit kind of analysis, right? Uh, Once the machine becomes cheaper than nine employees, then you switch to a machine and one person. And unfortunately, that's that's just the world we live in. And it's how the world works. How do we help out the writers in this case? Or do we just now have to say you guys are phased out? I, you know, there's no good answer to that. I don't think, uh, I mean, it's here and it's going to continue to improve. I really don't want to sound mean or like give someone a shinny soundbite, but I mean, it's probably time to look for a new profession. Everybody, there's a shitty soundbite right there. Make sure you share it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, truckers have been facing the same fears, right? You you work, you you get a CDL, you drive a truck. Now they're looking at self-driving trucks, warehouse workers. You see warehousing. There's there's almost fully automated warehouses out there. I just wish there there's a way to find a, a, a happy medium. I know like in the utopia future, this is like, well, then you still get paid, although a robot replace you. We just know that that's that that transition will be so jarring and hard. It's almost fiction. You know, it's almost like impossible to even imagine. But ideally, that would be the case. I'm wondering specifically for this writing situation here. Like this is just this is the first time we're seeing a union go up against A.I., We've seen unions go up against robotics, but now we're seeing it against AI. And I'm wondering what possible solution could there be for this union? And 
I mean, you are the current strategy that they have is forcing the producers, which I'm backing the 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 writers on this one. But overall, they're forcing the producers to slow down their their capitalistic instincts to make sure that the writers have a job. And I know writers offer a level of quality that is unmatched right now by AI, but it won't always be unmatched. And that's that's interesting. That's a little concerning right there for sure. It's going to be a more it's it's going to add efficiency to the process that will eventually end up with you need less writers to yeah. produce something. Um and that's just a reality that's going to happen. Yeah. The same joke over and over again on all the strike signs is like this whole thing where it's like, uh, uh strike now we want this is written by Chat GPT and it's like they're almost like laughing it off and it's like, hey, give that thing five years and it will write that perfectly. <laughs> and so just, you know, I, I know it's coming and I know it's something that we just have to be prepared for a lot easier than laughing it off or being scared of it is being prepared for it. And finding out what that means is very tricky right now. Uh, we, we see now that there's video generation being done by AI. There's definitely already images being generated. So at some point we can have an AI write the script, voice act it. That's nothing that's out. Voice act it, create the cartoon for it, fully make the show without a human touching the project. If we wanted it to and that's something that kind of already can be done it wouldn't be great but it can be done already let us know this one i think we're going to toss to the audience <laughs> see i want to get some more opinions on this too so please let us know on twitter guys if you have any or instagram as well um if you have any ideas on how the this could be reconciled because i just man this is such a complicated situation where i just don't think anybody's going to win except for the people who are going to put money first i think they'll win for a long time Oh yeah. You know, I mean, but I think honestly, part of that solution is has to include kind of, um, vocational retraining. They're going, would, yeah. you know, you know what you want to be with right? the coal industry right now, actually. Yeah. yeah. You know what you want to be doing right now? Learning how to make AI work for you. Exactly. Okay? It's all information that needs to be put in, right? You have to ask AI the question. You have to tell it what you want. So, yeah. you know what, if I was a writer, I'd be playing with AI right now and I'd be figuring out how to get the product that I want out of the AI. Cause you know what? Someone's going to get paid to do that. Exactly. Calculators didn't replace accountants, but they made accountants far better. And so you need to be ready for it. You're, you're going to, you're not going to be a writer. You're going to be an AI technician or something. You know? Like, oh God. That's so, that's going to be a term. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to be some sort of AI career uh, person. And, uh, you know, that's just that's where a lot of things are going. And if I if I was a Hollywood writer, I would be trying to get ahead of that. All the so, I mean, we use the AI a lot, by the way, we use ChatGPT a lot for the Geek Freaks podcast. An example you guys could check out right now of what we do with it is I by hand write the notes that we use for the outline. I use our outline right here. And you know what? I'll post it up on our Twitter too, so you guys can see what the outline looks like. Ah, eh, never mind. I'm sure there's bad spellings. I'll show one later on that's got better spelling. <laughs> but anyways, I take this entire thing. I put it in a chat GPT, and I'm like, "Hey, can you make a Geek Freaks podcast episode description based off this outline?" I guarantee you, you guys roll it down right now. You could read exactly what Chat GPT did because that's how we do things, and that's just me working with it instead of me saying like, "You're in charge of the podcast now." <laughs> you know. So I think we're gonna have to just find that medium, that happy medium ground there. IGN put out a really fun article discussing how uh, Ian Hasakasas, the guy who runs World of Warcraft over for Blizzard, they were toying around with ChatGPT, which of course everybody's company is doing this. 
And he asked ChatGPT, what should the next expansion for World of Warcraft be? And if you're a World of Warcraft fan, you'll find this very funny and an immediately bad idea. It would have been called Return to Shadowlands, which might have been the worst possible idea for an expansion ever. And Ian literally said, like, I'm sure my job is safe after I saw that. Well, first off, Ian, you created Shadowlands, so don't get too cocky. But, uh, <laughs> so I thought we would toy around with ChatGPT right now, live art, you know, while we're recording it, and ask it some sequel ideas and see what it comes up with. So I want you to think of a video game you want to see a sequel for. And we're going to ask ChatGPT to, to write what it's about. And I'll edit around this. So take your time. Okay. What is Kenshi 2 about? Okay. So here for Kenshi 2, it says it Kenshi 2 takes place 100 years after the event of the first game in a new region of the world that is isolated from the rest of the world uh, for centuries. Players take the role of being a survivor. So basically it's being a survivor again. In the new region, you encounter new factions. So essentially it's just saying that it's Kenshi, but 100 years or Hundreds of years in the future. I could see that. That would kind of make sense for me. Uh, it's actually backwards. Uh, Kenshin 2 is going to be set like a, f- a few hundred to a thousand years in the past. But, you know, that's you that's best. That, you know. Let's think of another sequel. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go for give me an idea for the next Halo. Oh, God. <laughs> Bungie and uh, 434. Step aside. I'm coming in. Oh, wow. It kind of actually nailed halo infinite uh it said that uh, players will take on the role of a new spartan which is not right soldier part of the team sent on a mission to locate master chief so it's saying that basically you'd stick with the story from halo 5 the game will feature an open world with a variety of planets and locations to explore players can use a variety of vehicles and weapons normal uh one of the features of the game is the ability to recruit and command squads to uh, follow a uh, fellow spartans that would actually be awesome. <laughs> In addition to the main story, the game will also feature a variety of side quests and objectives that players can undertake to gain experience and rewards. This is kind of sounding like a really dope Halo MMO or Big Fat RPG. I'm on board with this, actually. Oh, nice boy. Job. Halo MMO. Another fucking loot shooter. Uh, well, if you say it like that, then you make me sad. <laughs> All right. What's another game that needs a sequel? You know, I'm looking through my game list. <laughs> Because, you know, it's like when you ask these questions, it's like I've never played video games in my life. You know, I can't think of anything. (laughs) All right. Ask it what Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be about. It'll probably be faster than uh, Bethesda would be. The game takes place in the provenance of Hammerfall, a region known for its vast deserts, rocky mountains, and rich history. Players can take on the role of a traveler who arrives in the region seeking adventures and fortune. Wrong. He's in prison. You have to know that one. Um, Yeah, come on. Come on. One of the key features of the game is the ability to join and rise through the ranks of various factions, each with their own unique skills and abilities, including the Knightly Order of Sentinels, the Merchant Prince of Teneth, and the Secretive Order of the Candle. None of those are real, right? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I think he just made those up and they kind of sound good. I'm down for the secret order of the candle, you know? I'm kind, like, that's the one that got me too, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> like, walk around lighting your curtains on fire. I don't the game will feature a dynamic reputation system where players' uh, as actions and choices will affect their reputation amongst all the factions and NPCs. In addition to the story, it'll be a bunch of side quests and objectives. Uh, one of the gameplay features of the new one is a crafting system. Oh, God, yeah, there's always going to be a crafting system that annoys me. The game's multiplayer mode will feature a variety of new modes and options, including 
cooperative missions and player versus player battle arenas and battlefields. Uh, I, I am going to say right now, I'd play the hell out of that game. It's yeah, not I mean, terrible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the order of the fucking candle or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm going to throw candles at my friends or something. I'm going to pour hot candle. wax Ba-ba. on them. I don't know, but I'm down for it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so let us know, guys. We might ah, might have to post some of these online, just like some extra ideas. This is kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, Return to Shadowlands was a bad idea, and I'm glad that Blizzard's no longer working with that. Speaking of Blizzard, they have announced that BlizzCon is a go this year, and they're going to be revealing ticket sales in two weeks. So once those are out, we'll let you know all about that, because, of course, we're crazy for BlizzCon, so that's, that's cool. I It upsets me because I think... There's a lot of neat things that Shadowlands did right. Yeah. I mean, it started out really strong, you know, going through the different factions, getting the choice to join one of these factions, you know, which we've always kind of had, but it did feel a little more impactful. You know, you had whole stories that were unfortunately time gate spoon fed to you, but it shouldn't have tied to like skills and stuff. I don't think because Mm -hmm. it, it just forced you to be like, well, I'm going to join the meta faction because I want to be good at the game. So on the one hand, I don't ever want to go back to Shadowlands, but I wouldn't be upset to see some of those systems come back in a better way. I really liked its leveling experience. I think that was very well handled. I felt like I was truly going to each of these zones and helping in a way that I think they hadn't captured in a while. Um, so that, that felt good. And I actually felt my change in the world, which is very hard to do in an MMO. And I felt today. I also actually, I got to say, I do feel that in Dragon Isles, though. I do feel like I'm actually a person making change in this world. So that does that does feel good and is important to me. Yeah, you know, and I, I think they should definitely, imp- you know, keep working that on that. Um, you know, because it's like back in the day, you go to the Barrens and you help the guys fight off the the waves of uh, centaurs, right? That yeah. one mission that everyone tries to solo and you can't. Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a group mission, but no one's ever there to fucking do it. <laughs> so, yeah. so you just sit there and wipe while your general like, please come help me. And they're like, enter truck Norris joke here. Um, <laughs> and, Classic. you know, but like you do the mission, you're feeling great. And then you know what? The centaurs just come back, you know? Yeah. So it, it doesn't so feel every like time, you did anything. Yeah, every time you fly over and see some other noob you know, down there getting wrecked. I mean, of course it, it does evoke that feeling of like, yep, I've been there, but it's also <laughs> like, but nothing I did changed anything. You know, yeah, you're like, let me stop and tell him about how when Chuck Norris did pushups, he moved the earth. He didn't go <laughs> up and down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we're probably going to post some more chat GPT sequel ideas. Cause I'm thinking this is a thing now I am on board with this. All right, let's move on to Discord here. It's forcing all of their users to change their username. This is already being exploited, by the way. Uh, so right now, if you guys have a user, uh, Discord, of course you do. It's your name and then the four-digit number. It's not great, but we've all gotten used to it at this point. Now they want to go with kind of the Twitter or YouTube's doing it as well. We have the at symbol and then you have a unique uh, name with all the different characters. Um People immediately who have access to this early beta version of this where they're switching over, which is going to happen in the next few weeks, are already mimicking companies like uh, Pepsi and stuff like that and creating all kinds of problems. No surprise. This is, of course, going to happen. Uh, how, I mean, this is a blunder by Discord, in my opinion, guys. 
I think that we have to be very vocal to the the founders that we don't want this to happen. Um, they think that this is going to make things a lot easier for you to find your friends. We know that that's not the case because we already find our friends quite easily. You write their name down. It's four numbers. Matter of fact, I think other companies should probably use this system more because I get to keep my name and then there's just four random name numbers I don't care about at the end. It's, so much, it's your phone number, basically. Uh, I don't know. I think this is just stupid to change our names. And I've seen only negative responses from the users. Uh, are you okay with this or are you not happy about this? I mean, personally, it doesn't bother me. But I, I do feel like it's it's unnecessary. Uh, you know, around where I'm from down here in the south, we have a, a phrase, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. <laughs> that that <laughs> phrase goes beyond the south, by the way. We have yeah, a few California I, I too. Know. I mean, I feel like it's pretty universal, <laughs> but if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like you're over here trying to reinvent the wheel of usernames, you know, like of all things. Yeah. Let's let's reinvent Discord usernames. I don't know, I don't get it. And yeah, I I can see where it could it could cause a problem. Although, I mean, I can't say I've ever looked for you know Pepsi in Discord. You're not friends with Pepsi in Discord? Oh, uh, no, so fun. no, I am not. But <laughs> yeah, I've never had an issue getting in touch with people I wanted to get in touch with on Discord. You know, although I have run into a couple people who didn't realize they had to put those four numbers in there. But you know, it's yeah. It's an easy mistake to be like, yeah, you got to put those numbers in there for me to find you. But yeah, it's it's no worse than, you know, trying to look up someone on Steam, which is actually worse because because anyone can make their name anything. So Mm -hmm. if you're like, yeah, I'm Bob on Steam. Well, you know, there's 5000 Bobs on Steam. You know, you're gonna have to give me something more to go on here. Yeah. Good old arc days, man. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know. I don't get it. Um you know, like Discord's done a lot lately, and I think most of it's been good stuff. I think right yeah. now they're just like looking for change for the sake of change, which you know, I don't need that in my life. Nah, we got enough of that right now. I'm so tired of trying to keep up with frickin' Twitter. I don't need anybody else changing other one day blue che- check marks mean a thing, now they're pariahs. And I want a gold check mark. Like, oh, no, you actually don't. Like, oh, my God, I'm tired of dealing with you people. Oh, no, yeah, I, bad I, I'm, gone. I'm definitely spending less and less time on Twitter. That's a shame. I really like that platform. But, yeah, I, I am. I am seeing far less value in it right now than I have ever done. And I you know what? I hope Elon as well. I hope he's also seeing less value in it. I moved all my Tesla stock to Bed Bath & Beyond because I'm like, you know what? That one's got a better chance. <laughs> it's literally a company <laughs> who just filed for bankruptcy and I've, I literally moved my Tesla stock over to it because I'm like fuck that you and know just, after like, after the bankruptcy is done and they've found money to you know rebuild then yeah then maybe the stock will go up you know I'm kind of hoping somebody like GameStop guys you guys they did the whole stonks thing like hey you know how you like GameStop what about towels and linens and then, like, let's go get that one up there. And then all of a sudden, I'm buying a new Lamborghini because some kids got excited about it on Reddit. I'm rooting for that. I'm trying to get ahead of that craze this time. Yeah, I got news for you. I don't think that's happening. You don't think Gen Z's all over, all over Bed Bath & Beyond? They got the 20% coupon. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I think they're like, yeah, let that shit go down. Let no. it burn. <laughs> all right, we're closing things out. Scott, let's start with you here. Let's, what is your recommendation for the week? Although I haven't played as much of it as I would like... Uh, I'm recommending a little game called War Tales. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a top-down uh, strategy game. 
uh, where you you can go around the world, you build a party, you know, kind of like an XCOM vibe, but more open world, do what you want instead of like the linear storyline. Um, it's, you know, made by a, a, an indie company you know, called, I think, Shiro Games. Uh, and it's just it's just a fun time. You know, uh, you can kind of make what you want out of it. You can go off and try to fight harder things and, and probably die. But yeah, no, it, it's good. Um, I haven't played enough of it to really be like, you can do all these things. But I, I feel a lot of potential there. Is it kind of pixel art heavy? No, 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 no it's not pixel. Oh, OK, I was thinking of a different game that I thought had that name. OK, War Tales. Oh, check that out. That does sound like a fun kind of pick up and go I like that idea. My suggestion for you guys is Super Sons. It is a really great comic book. My suggestion is to grab the Rebirth edition that came out. I think 2017 was the first time it came out. Uh, it only ran for three trades, so you pick or four trades. You can pick up all of them if you want to. The first one's a really good one. It's all about Damian Wayne and John uh, John Superman's son teaming up, and uh, it's just it takes comic books back to the reason you started reading them as a kid. Just fun funny and no high stakes it's just them beating up prime people not like holy cow the entire universe is on the line i'm tired of that this is just fun so check that out guys it's called super sons spelled s-o-n-s but yeah that is it for us this week thank you very much for joining me today scott hey anytime all right guys we'll see you next week we have a really good interview this thursday make sure you tune in bye